Hello and welcome to episode 644 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It is my pleasure to be with you this evening. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. We are recording on Wednesday, September 6, 2023, in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us begin with the Wednesday prayer to the Most Blessed Virgin Mary to obtain deliverance from hell by St. Alphonsus Liguri. My most beloved lady, I thank thee for having delivered me from hell as many times as I have deserved it by my sins. Miserable creature that I was, I was once condemned to that prison, and perhaps already after the first sin, the sentence would have been put into execution if thou and thy compassion hadst not helped me. (coughs) Thou, without even being asked by me, and only in thy goodness, didst restrain divine justice, and then, conquering my obduracy, Thou didst draw me to have confidence in thee. Oh, and to how many other sins should I have afterwards fallen, in the dangers in which I have been? Hadst not thou, my loving mother, preserved me from the graces which thou didst obtain for me? Ah, my queen, continue to guard me from hell. For what will thy mercy and the favors which thou hast done me avail me if I am lost? If I did not always love thee, now at least, after God, I love thee above all things. Never allow me to turn my back on thee and on God, who by thy means has granted me so many graces. My most amiable lady, never allow me to have the misfortune to hate thee and curse thee for all eternity in hell. Wilt thou endure to see a servant of thine who loves thee lost? O Mary, what sayest thou? I shall be lost if I abandon thee, but who can ever more have the heart to leave thee? How can I ever forget the love thou hast borne me? My lady, since thou hast done so much to save me, complete the work, continue thy aid. Wilt thou help me? But what do I say? If at a time when I lived forgetful of thee, thou didst favor me so much, how much more may I not hope for now that I love thee and recommend myself to thee? No, he can never be lost who recommends himself to thee. He alone is lost who has not recourse to thee. Ah, my mother, leave me not in my own hands, for I should then be lost. Grant that I may always have recourse to thee. Save me, my hope. Save me from hell. But in the first place, save me from sin, which alone can condemn me to it. Today, friends, we're going to follow up on the dangers of attendance at the Novus Ordo by Mr. Matthew Pleasy. Once again, his blog is entitled acatholiclife.blogspot.com. This is from 2022. And it's entitled, Can a Valid Novus Ordo Mass Offend God? Are we obligated to attend it? And to be specific, it was published on Tuesday, January 18th, 2022. Mr. Pleasy begins by saying, The angelic doctor, that's referring to St. Thomas Aquinas, goes on to summarize two ways in which worship directed to the true God is nevertheless evil. As to the first reason, St. Thomas Aquinas illustrates by way of example, quote, In this way, at the time of the new law, the mysteries of Christ being already accomplished, it is pernicious to make use of the ceremonies of the old law, whereby the mysteries of Christ were foreshadowed as things to come. Just as it would be pernicious for anyone to declare that Christ has yet to suffer, end quote, thus observing Seder meals, religious circumcision, abstaining from pork for religious reasons, etc., would now offend the true God. 
As to the second example, the saint continues, quote, falsehood and outward worship occurs on the part of the worshiper and especially in common worship, which is offered by ministers impersonating the whole church. For even as he would be guilty of falsehood, who would, in the name of another person, proffer things that are not committed to him, so too does a man incur the guilt of falsehood who, on the part of the church, gives worship to God contrary to the manner established by the church or divine authority and according to ecclesiastical custom, end quote. Consequently, we can say that even valid worship offered by those who do so in a manner contrary to that established by the church would offend God. This may be the case of a valid Catholic priest who ad-libs the missal and, while validly confecting the Holy Eucharist, mortally sins by intentionally neglecting the rubrics. This would also be the case of a valid divine liturgy offered by schismatic groups like the Orthodox Church. And this would certainly apply to rituals performed by heretical Protestant denominations who do not follow the Church's prescriptions, do not offer any valid sacraments, exceptions aside, and who teach a doctrine contrary to that taught by Christ our Lord. Can a valid Novus Ordo Mass offend God? Taken to the next logical question, we consider if it is possible for a valid Novus Ordo Mass to offend God. Even though it is possible for God to work good out of evil and lead to the truth those in false religions, this does not make the Novus Ordo as praiseworthy or fitting for God. Rather, the defects in the Novus Ordo are not merely external, but intrinsic in the prayers created for the new rite of Mass. The Holy Mass is the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. The purpose of Mass is to be present at the sacrifice of Christ that is made present again through the priesthood of Jesus Christ. We worship God at Mass in the manner which he has established for his worship. We are present at Calvary. Rather than merely remembering the life and death of Christ, we are present at it and partake of its eternal fruits which flow to us from the altar, and during the canon when the priest stands in the place of Christ and offers the eternal victim on the altar to God. We can further receive grace by partaking of the Holy Eucharist if we are Catholics in the state of grace. This view of the Mass as a propitiatory sacrifice has been lost in the Novus Ordo and replaced by notions of community. Excuse me, and replaced by notions of community where the priest is a presider. And many Catholics falsely view receiving Holy Communion as the purpose of going to Mass, rather than being present at the august sacrifice of the eternal victim. As Archbishop Lefebvre noted in Chapter 4 of the Open Letter to Confused Catholics, which um, I have read via audiobook, uh, it was released in audio format via YouTube by the Society of St. Pius X, I highly recommend it. The changes in the Mass and the Offertory, excuse me, the Sermon, the Canon, and elsewhere mimic the changes sought by Martin Luther. And we've gone over this section before in a, a previous article by Mr. Pleasy, which was um, we went over a couple of days ago, but it, it certainly does bear repeating. They're in their very core Protestant especially, for instance, in the newly created prayers of the offertory, which bear 
no similarity to the offertory in the Tridentine Mass. Of course, while any valid ordained priest may consecrate bread and wine using the words of consecration, even while omitting the rest of the Mass, which is done at times in cases of necessity, for instance, by priests who are imprisoned and can only smuggle in a small piece of bread, <sighs> excuse me, and a small amount of wine, this is not the same as promoting and saying Protestantized prayers. Of course, I haven't sneezed all day, and now I've sneezed three times in the last few minutes. Jean Guitton, an intimate friend of Paul VI, wrote, The intention of Pope Paul VI with regard to what is commonly called the New Mass was to reform the Catholic liturgy in such a way that it should almost coincide with the Protestant liturgy. There was, with Pope Paul VI, an ecumenical intention to remove, or at least to correct, or at least to relax what was too Catholic in the traditional sense in the Mass. And I repeat, to get the Catholic Mass closer to the Calvinist Mass. And we know that the Calvinists, and any Protestant for that matter, do not have a valid rite of Mass and do not confect the Holy Eucharist. The faith is not defined by merely external actions. Archbishop Lefebvre rightfully criticized the Novus Ordo, even when accompanied by Latin, ad orientum postures, and the external appearance of piety. Our Lord Jesus Christ instituted a set of doctrines and established his one true church as the means of bringing about the conversion of souls and their salvation. He did not institute merely external gestures while telling his disciples to ad-lib the rest. And on the opposite extreme, the Lord also did not teach his disciples the precise words for sacramental validity and tell them that their external postures, garments, and actions were useless since only the internal mattered. Our faith not only includes heartfelt prayers, works of charity, and pious devotions, but also includes rich liturgical music, elaborate cathedrals, and ornate vestments. Even the presence of Eucharistic miracles in the Novus Ordo do not mean that the Novus Ordo is pleasing to God. Are we obligated to ever attend offensive worship? More than mere validity is necessary in the worship of God. If validity was the only basis for whether worship was pleasing to God, Catholics would be able to have their children baptized by an Anglican minister or attend, or excuse me, or receive the valid Eucharist from schismatic Greek Orthodox priests. Yet we know that attending the worship of any other denomination is a sin against the first commandment. Consequently, we have an obligation to seek out not only valid masses, but those which are offered according to the church's immemorial rubrics and customs. We should not feel obligated to attend a Novus Ordo Mass, even on Sundays or Holy Days, since attending them is often a grave danger to our spiritual lives. So friends, that ends the article. Get ye to the traditional Latin Mass or Divine Liturgy, and you will not regret doing so. I think of so many of the folks I grew up with, just about all of them, who attended the Novus Ordo, and none of them are practicing the Catholic faith anymore. That's because the Novus Ordo is dangerous to the faith of Catholics, so stay away from it. And let us conclude, friends, by mentioning Helping Autism Through Learning and Outreach, available on the web at halo-soma.org. And also episodes 277 and 548 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. The topic is RPM, Rapid Prompting Method, a system of communication for non-speakers. Just as sign language is a revolutionary breakthrough 
for the deaf in terms of their being able to communicate. So RPM, rapid prompting method, has done the same for non-speakers. Before my niece was eight, we did not even know her favorite color. Now, thanks to RPM, by the grace of Almighty God, we know that she's a comprehensive genius who can compose music, who is skilled in mathematics, who knows foreign languages. She's one of the most kind, compassionate, and intelligent human beings you could ever meet in her, your life, as is her sister, my other wonderful niece. We would have known none of this because she was trapped in that prison of silence. RPM is the tool that gets non-speakers out of this prison of silence, but you can't use a tool unless you know about it. That's why we need to get this into the hands of the families and friends of non-speakers. Once again, that website, halo-soma.org, halo-soma.org, and please tell everyone you know to tune into episodes 277 and 548 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. And we'll see you again next time. Goodbye and God love you.